All right, go ahead and grab a seat and uh, pull out your outline if you haven't already done so, a place you can follow along and, and take some notes. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad we have, we have so many things we can do for uh, our health today, so many pills that we can take, right? I mean, we have pills for everything. We have pills to help us feel better. We have pills to help us get better. We have pills to help us look better. And we have pills to help us sleep better. I needed one of those pills last night. I didn't sleep too good last night. I don't know what it was. So I'm going to need you guys. got to have some energy out there this morning, okay? But we got pills for everything. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I could give you a pill that, would, that you had to take every day, but I could give you one pill, and this pill, here's all the things it would do for you. It would increase your hope. It would give you more peace. It would reduce your anxiety and worry. This pill would help you to make better decisions. It would make you wiser and smarter. It would help you avoid much of your self-inflicted pain, those stupid choices we all make sometimes. It would increase your faith. It would give you stability and confidence in this chaotic, crazy world. It would improve your relationships with God and others. It would improve your relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, with your neighbors, with your coworkers, your classmates, and even your in-laws. Can you imagine if I could give you a pill like that? A pill that would give your life purpose and meaning, and that would even help you face death when that time came. I mean, can you imagine a one pill? I mean, that would, that would be a billionaire if I had a pill like that, right? But you know, God's given us all this right in his word, right in the Bible. When you, when you get God's word in you and allow his word to begin to work in your life, man, he changes you. And I'm, I'm not just talking about some theory because I've experienced this in my personal life. You know, when I was 20 years old and I made a commitment to start reading God's word regularly, trying to read God's word every day and follow and obey it, God began to change my heart, change me from this hot-headed, angry, uh, lacking peace young man into someone different, on a different path today. And I know God will do that for you. And as one of your pastors and friends, that's what I want for you more than anything else. I want you to fall in love with God's word. And through God's word, you're going to fall in love with God. And you're going to love others more. And you're going to live your life on purpose. And God's going to give you all these things. See, when we take pills to get all these benefits, so often they have negative side effects. But when you read God's word and begin to follow it, man, he just promises you blessings. He'll help you. He'll encourage you. Now, it's not a one-and-done pill. You have to get into it daily. You know, you have to follow the doctor's instructions. You have to follow that regimen. You need to get that word inside you regularly, daily. Reminds me of this young guy. He went to the doctor. And the doctor said, well, son, it's, I, got some, uh, I got some three medications you need to take. And I need you to follow these instructions very carefully. The doctor said, when you get up in the morning, morning take this green pill with a glass of water. And after lunch, I want you to take this blue pill with another glass of water. And just before bed, I want you to take this red pill with a glass of water. Is, is that clear? And the guy said, oh, my gosh, doc, what's wrong with me? All this medication. What, what's, what's, what's going on? And he said, it's simple, young man. You're just not getting enough water. Just not getting enough water. <laughs> now, many of us aren't getting enough spiritual water. We're not getting enough of God's word into our life. And so we've got to do our best. To, God's already provided it for us and given it to us, and we have to take advantage of it. So here's the sad thing. This statement is, is so sad. Bob says, this Bible might be the most beloved and neglected book in America. 
You know, almost every home in our country has three, four Bibles in it, but so seldom do they get read. And so to read the Bible, I want to talk to you about how to read the Bible. And the first thing starts with a choice. How to read the Bible? You've got to choose, how to, you've got to, choose to read the Bible daily. Daily. It's got to be something you do consistently, regularly. Now, we're not talking legalistically. If you miss a day here and there, that's not a sin. You're not a bad person. But you build this habit in your life. Look what Joshua told the people. This is God's word through Joshua. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Can you circle those two words there? Well, a few, few words. I can't count. Continually and day and night. It says, man, get God's word into you. Get it into you. Think about it. Chew on it. Meditate on it. Many people read the Bible, but they don't really study it. They don't really process it. They don't really wrestle with, it, with what it's saying to them specifically right where they are today in life. God doesn't just want his word to go in one ear and out the other, but he wants it to, us to kind of absorb it. And so you've got to choose to read the Bible daily. And I know, the num- I know most of you in this room, I don't have to convince you that the Bible is a good book, that it would help you in your life. And you have these good intentions, but I know from experience, my own personal experience, it's hard to do it. It's hard to get into God's word daily, and it starts with eliminating excuses. You have to eliminate excuses. I mean, you know, what's the craziest excuse you've ever heard? What's the crazy? I mean, you know, people have some crazy excuses for, for mistakes and things that happen, don't they? I, mean, I want to share a couple with you. I, I read about this guy, supposedly a true story. This, this guy, he had a terrible accident. <clears throat> he got out of his car. The police came, and he was so upset. And he said, officer, I want you to arrest the driver of that other vehicle. I just know he was drinking. The officer said, mister, you, you really got to calm down because that other vehicle was a cow. Just settle down. <laughs> and then as a pastor, I, mean, I hear all kinds of excuses, you know, why people don't read the Bible, why they don't serve, why they don't go to church. And, and you know, sometimes you just get tired of it. And recently I ran into this guy and I go, where were you last week? I didn't, I didn't see you at church. What happened? I was counting on you. He said, well, you know, I was on my way to church. I glanced down at my phone, and, and right there when I happened to glance down, it says no service. So I, I turned around and went home and went back to bed. <laughs> I, I was just like, I had enough. And I, I kind of told this guy, you, you want to know what I told this guy? Want to know what I told him? I said, come on, Pastor Paul, you know better than that. Come on. <laughs> we have so many excuses, but I think the two main excuses people make for not reading the Bible is... Hey, I'm just so busy, I don't have time. Man, it's just go, go, go from sunup to, to bedtime. I just run around all day. But you know what? If you're too busy, you're too busy to read God's word, then something needs to change. You're too busy. you got to reorder your priorities. We do the things that really matter. And if you want all those benefits I talked about earlier, it's great to come to the weekend service, but that's not enough water for your soul. You've got to get God's word into you. Jesus said, if you, you know, if you have that relationship with him, you, he said, you'll have these springs of living water coming out of you. That's through his word and his spirit. And we have to get connected to God. And we have so many tools. But you know, we're so distracted. That, I mean, there's so, we're just an entertainment society, an entertainment culture all the time. We've got screens going all the time, things we can see. And we have to make a decision to say, you know what? This is matters. I'm going to have to cut out a little bit of my, my screen time, a little bit of my TV time. I've got to have to make an effort to do it. If you commute to work, you say, man, you don't understand. I have these long commutes. Well, you can, you can play the Bible 
in your car on your way to work or in your headphones on BART or whatever, and you can listen to the Bible and think about it. But if you don't get God's word into you, sooner or later it's going to cost you time in some other area because you're going to get some messes in your life. You're going to get some conflicts, some marital problems, some problems with your kids, and you, you haven't been following and allowing God's word to change you, and you're going to pay somewhere else down the line. The sec- I think the second biggest excuse people make for not reading the Bible is, oh, I just don't understand it. It's so intimidating. It's such a big book. And the last book I read had pictures in it. You don't understand. So it's a hard book to read, right? I just don't understand it. Well, I'm pretty sure that you can understand part of it. And I saw saw a great quote, kind of paraphrase it a little bit here. Uh, It says, if you understand only 20% of what you read, don't worry. Don't don't focus on what you don't understand. It says, focus on the 20% you do understand, not on the 80% you don't. Try to live the 20% you do understand. And over time, the Lord will honor your faithfulness, and he'll increase your understanding. And you know, next thing you know, you're understanding 21% after a while. And then 20, God will start to grow your knowledge. Imagine, imagine if you received a letter from a friend, and, and you, just, you just read a little bit of it here and there, and you never really finished it, and you read, you know, maybe the last paragraph, and then the middle. Well, some of you are looking really puzzled. You don't know what a letter is, right? I mean... Letters like if I communicate with you, I take a pen out and I write on a piece of paper. You know, we used to do that. We didn't have texting and all that stuff, right? So I know some of you can't believe that. But that's, imagine you got that letter and you never, really, you never really read the whole letter. You never really understood what I was trying to say to you or what your friend was trying to say. You'd be pretty confused. You wouldn't have a, a, a clear picture. And, you know, what I want to encourage you to do is have a, an understanding of the whole Bible, the overview of the whole Bible. And so Karen, Karen is going to come. Karen McGovern is going to come and share with us, you know, give us an overview of God's Word and how it all fits together. So when you start reading maybe a book in the Bible, you'll know where it fits. So could you welcome Karen? Hey, everybody. Did you know that the Bible is really one unified story? Sure, it's, uh, it's written in different genres, and it takes place in different cultural settings, but it's really one unified story from Genesis to Revelation, from A to Z, about the Alpha and the Omega, and it's a, a wonderful story. I want to take you on a little journey. Are you up to taking a little trip with me this morning? Yeah? Okay, good. So I want to invite you to close your eyes for just a few moments and picture with me the story of God. Okay, so let's close our eyes. Here we go. Once upon a time, in the first five books of the Old Testament, a.k.a. the law, there was a series of beginnings. The creation of the universe, the fall of humanity into sin and corruption, the development of humanity. We learn about the character of God, a personal God who uses a particular family to show how he would work through covenant. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Out of love, God delivered his people from slavery, gave them definition for life through the commandments and laws, and brought them eventually to a land of their own. The 12 books of history are a true drama filled with tenderness and violence, success and failure, faithfulness and unfaithfulness. Hundreds of thousands of descendants of Abraham enter the land of promise. They struggle to live under God's authority since the lure of sin is so strong. So they install a king and government like the other nations. But after merely three generations, the kingdoms become divided, and the following 200 years are full of disappointments, broken up with occasional revivals. 
Eventually, the superpowers from the regions to the northeast, Assyria and Babylon, sweep down on the divided kingdom. They destroy, they exile. But after five decades, small numbers of, Jew of Hebrews, God's chosen people, are allowed to return to rebuild their community and their nation. Interwoven into this history are the books of poetry and wisdom. The authors of these books, such as the Psalms, let loose praise, anguish, affirmation, and longing. And they show us how to do the same. They give us wisdom for daily life and show us what is in the human heart and in the heart of God. The books of the prophets include prophetical oracles, more history, and poetry. Kings and governments are not the answer to human chaos, so God uses the prophets to confront, instruct, and guide the people of God. 400 years after the last book of the Old Testament, human history is transformed with the emergence of Jesus the Messiah. The four Gospels tell the story of Jesus both as personal history and as expressions of faith. They are gospel, good news. Luke continues the story by telling the dramatic events in the mission of Jesus' designated representatives in the Acts of the Apostles. The promise made to Abraham 2,000 years earlier through his family, all nations of the earth would be blessed, is dramatically revealed for the first time as the message about Jesus spreads across empires and continents. The letters the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christian communities and individuals and the general epistles of the New Testament contain fresh new teachings about life, usually in response to problems. They also reveal the character of God, now viewed from the higher plane of revelation, following the pouring out of the Spirit of God. And the book of Revelation both fascinates and puzzles us. Its kaleidoscope of oracles, judgments, and images knocks us out of complacency. But Revelation is also a book of comfort because God sets things right. And so things come full circle from garden to paradise where we all live happily ever after. Amen. The end. Open your eyes. So isn't that a great story? And if we look at God's word as a story, we can take it in daily and uh, really appreciate what an amazing story God has written for us. So thank you for letting me share. Take care. Thanks, Karen. Great job. She's good. See, I've, I'm afraid to have you guys close your eyes for four minutes because I know most of you wouldn't be with me, but she's good. And, and in the fall, you can look for the Understanding the Bible class, and she goes into more detail about how the whole story of the Bible fits together. So I hope you'll check that out. Um, you know, just understanding God's whole plan, working through history to bring us back into a relationship with him. And let me encourage you, you know, if you just make the effort, you start reading the Bible, and maybe it's hard at first, and you're struggling a little bit, but Jesus said this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You know, God, God will honor and bless you as you start trying to read his word. The Bible says when we invite Christ into our lives, we have his spirit, and he'll help teach us. He'll help us to understand just what we know. Maybe he's not going to teach you everything today, but he's going to teach you what you need to know today. Does that make sense? He's going to give you what you need. And I've experienced that so many times in my life. It's funny. I could read a chapter in the Bible today, and God will give me just what I need for a situation, an insight, a, a truth, something I need to respond to or do. And, and a year or two down the road, I can read that same passage 
and God will tell me something different that I need then. Does that make sense? I'm not saying the truth changes, but he gives you new insight. He gives you a new perspective. So I want to encourage you, you got to read the Bible regularly. Try to make that habit of getting into God's Word daily. And if it's a priority, you've got to calendar it. It's not going to happen if you don't put it on your calendar. You know, I have a lot of friends in the church, and we always talk about, oh, I want to hang out, let's have some coffee, let's play golf, let's have dinner. And so often, you know, months go by, and we see each other again. Oh, yeah, ha, ha, we keep talking about, you know, you know why it doesn't happen? It's not because we don't care about each other, but it's because we never put it on our calendar. And sometimes I say, let's just get our calendars out, let's pick a date, and if it gets closer and it doesn't work out, at least it's on our calendar, and we'll know we got to reschedule it, but you get it on there. And you need to mark out a time each day. When's going to be the best time for you to get into God's Word and read? When are you at your best? When are you least likely to be interrupted? Now, I'm just going to give you some brief, a really brief, like, nuts and bolts how-to. Some things to help you get started. So you, there's a great tool you can go get. It's called the Version app. It's free. It's provided by a, a church in Oklahoma, a wonderful church. They give this away. And you can get different translations, versions on the Bible, so you can pick one that's easy for you to read. And so let me tell you, first you get that app, you set your time and place. Now, um, it's okay, I love having a paper Bible and I can write in, mark it up, but, but man, you got all, let me tell you the tools you have inside this app. So first you pick your time and place, then you get a plan. Then you get a plan. You don't just, you know, how many of you have ever done this? Oh, I'm going to read the Bible today, I don't really have a plan, and you just let it drop open to wherever it and then next day you do the same thing, so you read something different. And a lot of times you're just reading things, you know, randomly, and you don't really have a plan. You never really finish a book of the Bible. You don't understand how that one book fits into the whole book. And, and, and so many people, when they first start reading the Bible, you make a very common mistake. You think, well, it's a book. I'm going to read it from the beginning to the end. Genesis. Wow, that's pretty exciting. Exodus. It's a lot of good stuff. I love the stories. And I mean, if you like Game of Thrones, where do you get further on in the history? But, but people go to Leviticus, and we, man, we never see them again. We're just lost, right? I wouldn't start there. Leviticus is important. It has some, some things for us to learn, but that's not the best plan. And you go on this version, they got all kind of plans for you. You can read the New Testament in a year. If you've never read the New Testament, I'd say, you know, read the New Testament or pick one of the Gospels or, or read the Psalms or read Proverbs. And each day, that app will give you a, a prompt. Hey, this is your verse. This is your chapter for the day. They have devotional readings there. If you, if you have a hard time reading a whole chapter and getting anything out of it, you can get some devotional readings. So you'll read a few verses, and then someone will teach you a little something about it. So get some tools. Don't forget to ask for God's help. You know, he wants to help. God's not trying to hide his truth from you. He wants you to get into his word and begin to understand it. He wants to communicate with you. Make sure you take some time to reflect on what you're reading, to meditate or journal. You know, sometimes you'll hear us talk about soaps. It's something I can't talk about right now, but soap is a, is a journal method where you, you just write a half a page. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't reflect on things very well naturally. My mind just races off to the next thing. So there's something about writing something down. Even if you just write a verse, you write a prayer request, it'll help you to focus. It'll help you to remember. And then, you know, even memorize one. If there's a scripture that speaks to you, make a flashcard. Carry it around with you. Put it in your car. When you're commuting, you can memorize a verse. And act. And you've got to act on what God shows you. What does he want you to do with what you just read? Because sometimes I'm getting in a hurry, and I'll just read through that chapter, and then I rush on to the next thing, and, and an hour later, I can't remember what I read. Anybody else have that problem? So you've got to, you know, just some simple things to help you. Second thing I want to say 
is we have a growth track, a series of classes to help you grow in your faith, and they will start back up again in September. And so right now, they're scheduled on Saturday evenings after the evening service. And the second Saturday of every month, we talk about growing spiritually. And, and this little thumbnail I just gave you, overview of how to get a plan and get in, we go into that in more detail. We, we talk about more resources and more tools. And if you're just willing to invest an hour, you can come and leave that class more confident of, of growing in your own personal scripture reading. So I hope you'll come drop in on that this fall. And then in seven weeks, we're starting our life groups back up. Uh, we're, we're starting our life groups back up. It'll be the week when we have the grand opening and the new worship center. We'll be signing you up for groups. And again, <laughs> same excuse, oh, I'm just too busy. But man, there's something about getting in a group once a week. You get around with other people. It kind of some built-in accountability. Maybe we're reading through a chapter of the uh, a book of the Bible together. And I know, man, I got to read my chapters. I'm going to show up. I want to talk about it. But the beautiful thing is you read something during the week and you don't understand it. Man, put a little question mark there in the margin. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible if you're using a paper Bible or, or make a note. You can make notes in the U version or do something. And when you go to group next week, hey, guys, some, something I read this week was really bothering me. I don't understand this. Can someone help me? I love questions like that. So take them to your group. See, God longs for people who, who are hungry for him and his word. and a rela- Jesus says, come to me. But so often we, we go to church and we wonder, why am I not feeling closer to God? Why am I not feeling disconnected? Because you're not taking a drink of water for a whole week until you come back next week. And, and heaven forbid you miss a service. Now it's two weeks since you had a drink of spiritual water, right? So you've got to read yourself. And I gotta, I'm, I'm just telling you, it's not, there's days, there are days I, I miss. I get, let things distract me, pull me away. Some of them are important things, but... Man, and if I go two days without reading God's word and really getting into it, third day I get up, I can kind of notice. Like I'm a little more negative. I'm a little more cranky. I know that's hard to believe, but I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little less funny. You know, I'm, I'm just, but, you know, I, I just don't feel as settled. I don't feel as at peace because I haven't reset how I'm looking at the world. You know, I don't have, I'm missing my, my, my spiritual medication, and so I got to get back into it. We're convinced that God's word is good for us, but we're not committed. And I can just tell you, you got to keep getting into it. God has all the truth you need right there in his word, and he'll give you what you need if you make the effort. See, sometimes we're not willing to make the effort. You know, for example, in, in the area of our, our taking care of our bodies and our health. And so uh, finally, what, we wind up with some health problems. We just haven't been, you know, eating or exercising well. And, and we cry out to God, oh, God, please heal me, do a miracle. And God says, hey, put down the Krispy Kremes and get on the treadmill. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, hey, you got you to gotta do your part. Okay, second thing, as you read God's word, I want you to, you're reading for truth. Like you're reading for understanding about who God is and who we are and how the world works and how we can have a relationship with God. So you read for truth and you're, you're, you're building the foundation for your core values. We all have core values. I mean, you may not know what, you, what they are. But they drive the way you look at the world, the way you think, the way you act. But for us as Christians, as followers of Christ, I like what Ray Johnson said, Pastor Ray. He said, the starting point for developing spiritual maturity is to accept the Bible as your sole authority. Not culture, not media, not Hollywood tradition, or some well-meaning Christian, or your own feelings. Man, I look to the Bible for, what does the Bible say? How do I handle this situation? Is this right or wrong? What does the Bible say? And I look to God's word. Because I'm telling you, there's so, many, if, there's so many people out there with so many different opinions, and it's confusing. 
It's confusing. You don't know what's true and who's right, and you can run around from one thing to the other. But I want to tell you, you can trust God's word. God, who sent his son to die on the cross for you and has given you, man, I may not agree with everything he says. I may not like everything he says. But you know what? He proved his love for me, and so I've made a decision. I'm going to trust God in his word because I know he cares about me, and he loves me, and he wants what's best for me. I want you to be like the Berean Jews. Look what it says in Acts. It said, the Berean Jews were a more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness, and they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. You know, don't just take our word for it. Take your outline home. Take, some, take this passage. Read a little bit more of that story. You know, what, what is God really saying? Dig into it for yourself, and you'll begin to develop a, a solid foundation for life. And I want to tell you that we live in a world that says there is no absolute truth, but truth, truth is truth, and I believe truth is absolute. That's the next fill-in on your outline. It's not relative. It doesn't change. And that's, that's comforting because I, I can know once I, once I understand and know the truth, I know I have a firm foundation for life. You know, I was, working with a, I was working with a professional counselor recently trying to help someone who's dealing with some struggles in life. And, uh, and you, you may have heard, you know, they, they say your, your thoughts drive your feelings and they drive your actions. You know, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. And so I, I think that's very true. I experienced that. I see that. But we were talking about this person was having some, some, some skewed thoughts. Their perspective on life was a little off. And how, I said, how do we help them to see the reality? Because their perspective is off. They really believe no one likes them. And so they act a certain way, which kind of pushes people away. But the truth is, there are people who do like this person. And so I said, how do we help this person change, get a, get a more accurate perspective? And the counselor said to me, well, you know, everybody's perspective is true. I said, well, wait a minute, what do you mean? I, I understand everybody's perspective. I respect their perspective. That's what's real for them, but it's not always true. Oh, yes, it's all true. I said, well, we can't have two different perspectives and they both be true. Oh, yes, we can. She got a little mad at me. I said, well, let's just imagine you and I were out here driving on 580 about 4 o'clock. This was near 5. We're on 580 near in Oakland about 4 o'clock on the afternoon. Some of the craziest driving I've ever been in my life. Because going, everybody's going like 70 miles an hour, just cars there. I'm like, whoo, white knuckles, right? And she, I said, imagine we're driving in a car. You're driving, and you say, Dwayne, my perspective is I can change lanes right now, but I'm not real sure. I think I'm right. Could you check for me? And I look, and I said, oh, please don't change lanes right now. There's a, but you decide, nope, my perspective is true. This is true, and you change lanes, and we're in a terrible accident. See, both of us can't be right. Some things can't, there's some things that two things don't, you know, does it make sense? And we got, what helps me keep the right perspective is reading God's word and his truth because the world will start pulling you away, trying to get you to believe that their perspective is the right one. Truth is not rooted in our feelings or opinions, but in scriptures, Banning Liebscher says. Every aspect of my experience needs to be tested and understood through this lens of scripture. I want God's word. I want people around me who help me to get an accurate perspective on the world because my perspective gets distorted. It gets messed up. It gets skewed by sin and my own selfishness in my life. I, 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 I want to I know what you feel God is saying to you, but, but I like what he says here. I don't want to know what you think God would or wouldn't want to do. I want to know what scripture says. What does God's word say? That's my foundation, my foundation. And I've chosen to trust God because I believe 
that he loves me so much, he's not going to tell me something that's going to mess me up. Third thing, this is so important. Read to hear about God, but also read to hear from God. Read to hear from God. You're not just reading for knowledge, but God, you're looking for direction, and God wants to speak to you. And, and the Bible says we relate to God through faith by believing and trusting in him. And how do we get faith? It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more I read God's word, the more it's going to build up my faith. And you know what I find? The more I read the Bible, the more I hear about God, his character, his nature, his love, his mercy, his kindness, his goodness. The more I read about God, the more I love God. When I really think about who he, how he loves and treats me, I don't always deserve his graciousness, and well, I probably never deserve it. his graciousness, his goodness, but he treats me so lovingly and kindly. It makes me want to love him more. And then I start to, you know, as I'm reading the Bible and I understand what God loves, he loves people, and I start to understand, man, it makes me love people more. And then I want to start living my life on purpose to help more people know God. And you may think, man, I've messed up, I'm, I've screwed it up so bad, I'm so far off track. Man, the nation of Israel, you couldn't have been much more off track than the people of Israel. They got so far off track from God. And God said, if you don't come back to me, I'm going to have to discipline you to help get you back on the path. And as Karen mentioned, they had the exile. They got carried away. But God said this, when you turn back to me, look at what he says in Isaiah. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. When you or me cry out to God for help, we turn back to him. He was gracious. He forgives us. He receives us. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. He doesn't make you fix yourself and be perfect and good. He, as soon as you turn back to him, he hears you. He responds to you. And he says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And if you're trying to follow God, you're going to have those moments when you're seeking his guidance. And you're going to know. You're not hearing voices, but you're going to know that's God. That's God nudging me this way or that way or, or trying to direct me or send me over here. And so God, he will tell you. He'll speak to you. He'll lead you. Now, I will tell you this, just after years of following God, sometimes he lets some, some dry seasons in your life where you feel like you're not hearing him for a while, and that's normal too because he's growing and stretching your faith. But when you've been away from God and you turn back, right away he's there ready to listen to you and give you guidance to show you any sin in your life that you need to change or something you haven't been doing that you need to do, showing you truth about who you are and who he is and how he loves you. So you, you make that choice. And so you read to hear from God as well. And then number four, you read with a willingness to obey. You don't just come to God to get the blessings that you need, but you come to God to say, God, I love you. I know you want my best. How do you want me to live? How do you want me to respond to this situation? How do you, you want me to respond to this person who's wronged me or mistreated me? How do you want me to handle my money? How do you want me to treat women? or men? How do you want me to treat other people? See, God tells us this in James. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. See, just listening doesn't make you spiritual or righteous or holy. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You underline that phrase, God will bless you for doing it. See, there's a condition. It's not good enough to just take the pill, but you've got to follow and obey what God says to you. 
Read God's word with a yes attitude. God, whatever you tell me to do, whatever you ask me to do, my answer is yes ahead of time. He's going to ask you to do some things you don't want to do. But I can tell you right now from personal experience, when I do what I want to do and not what God wants me to do, it never ends well. Okay? But sometimes I do the things I don't really want to do, and I find time and time again, God will bless you for it. He blesses your obedience. He'll help you. So what I want to ask you to do, kind of talk to you about how to read God's word, the attitude to read God's word with. But I want to ask you to do something real practical. I want to ask you to take a 30-day challenge with me. So for the next 30 days, I want you to just say, man, the best I can, I'm going to commit to trying to read God's word every day and, and think about what he's saying to me. And so if you already have your own reading plan, stick with that. If you're not reading the Bible right now, I want to ask you for the next 30 days, I'm going to read through the book of Luke, okay? Here's the good thing. Here's the good news. There's only 24 chapters in Luke, so I already built in some cheat days for you, okay? If you miss a day, it's all right. But what I want you to do is um, on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, that's okay. Maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody else do this on Twitter. I'm not, I can't keep up with everything. But on Facebook, we have a Crossroads family page. If you're on Facebook, go ask to join our page, and after a thorough background investigation, if you pass all that, we'll let you in, okay? <laughs> it's about 400 people on that page. But what I want you to do is say you're reading chapter one. I want you to start today and say, say something really speaks to you or jumps out at you or God, just a thought God puts in. It's something really impressed you. I'm not saying every day, but over these next 30 days, would you go on there a few times and just maybe share what God said to you? I would love to hear like, what is God saying? You know, what? I'd love to hear from different ones. That always blesses me. I'm going to share some of my thoughts as I'm reading through there. But it's just to encourage us together. Because sometimes I get together with my friends, my Christian friends, and when, when we've, we've had a good time together, but then we leave, I'm a little disappointed. We, did, we talked about all the things in life we care about, our health, our families, how the church is doing. We talk about sports and, and our golf game and, and tell a joke and you know, whatever, but sometimes I walk away and I go, wow, we didn't really talk about what God's doing in our lives right now. We didn't really talk about what he's teaching us. I would love to hear from you. So if you'd commit to do that, I want to encourage you to write on your communication card, I'm in. Just say, you know, I'll, I want to do, be a part of this. I'm in. And I'll pray for you this week that God will help you to keep your commitment. And here's what I know, just from my own experience. If you commit to do this and you follow through, in 30 days... In 30 days, you'll be a little closer to God. You'll be, a little, you'll, you'll be seeing things a little differently. God will encourage you. He'll give you more hope and peace if you try to read his word and follow it. He won't magically make all your problems go away, but you'll feel more connected to God. But if you don't do this, if you say, ah, you know, I'm too busy, I just can't, 30 days from now, what's going to be different in your life? Nothing's going to change. And I want to try to encourage you and help you to get God's word into your life. So the last thing I want to say, the last feeling there on your outline, is my decisions define me. The choices that I make, they define me. They def- the daily little, the things I make, those little decisions I make each day, am I going to read God's word or watch another show? Am I going to read God's word or watch another cute video of kitties on YouTube? What am I going to do? It defines you and who you're becoming. And so I want to challenge you to make those choices and eliminate those excuses. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. And God, I, you know, I, I want to be the first to admit, there, there's sometimes I let a day or two, even three once in a while go by, and I haven't gotten into your word, and I, I always pay the price. And I'm sorry, Lord, 
because your word, your word has changed me, it's blessed me, it's encouraged me, it's given me hope and peace and direction. It's given me, given me a foundation for life. I see all the crazy things going on in the world, Lord, but I, I don't have to worry at night because I know you're in control and you're in charge and ultimately you win. And your word, it gives me so much confidence. It helps me to know that even sometimes in the world we don't feel important, but when I read your word, I know I'm important. I know everyone in this room is important to you. And God, it changes my perspective. It changes how I live. It gives me, it renews my mind and my spirit and my heart. And God, help us not to miss out on this wonderful gift that you've given us. Help us to absorb it, live it, apply it. And God, help us to share it. Help us to share it with a world that's just so thirsty and hungry and desperate for you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.